everybody. Welcome back to Best Friends Club Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Renee. And this is my sandwich. My <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> you sound like you're an opera singer. I am. I'm, I'm sounding like a whale, I thought. Oh, good one. Um, for everybody out there, uh, it's a special treat when Renee does her impression of Lil Wayne oh my as gosh. an opera singer. That's the best one. <sighs> They're not getting Care that to... here. Okay. No. Maybe if That's... we all ask nicely. If we ever need to Christmas raise present. money. Yeah. If we ever need to raise money for like, I don't know, something terrible. I will like offer that. Fees or something? I don't know. Just, Just something that we need money for. I will okay. put that on the silent auction docket. Oh. I will be the first bidder because it's too good. Um, okay. Well, this is just Ross as a whale at the opera. Um, <clears throat> right. This is episode episode nine, the one with Ross's sandwich. Yes. Yes. So good. I haven't watched this episode in so long. No, me neither. And when it came on, I was like, yes, I love this one. And it's it has been ages since I've watched it too. Um. I think we should start with, can we start with the Phoebe, Rachel? Yeah. Adult learning yeah. stuff first, because it's yes. quite funny, but it's quite Speaking small. of okay. singing. <clears throat> speaking of, speaking of singing. Well. Oh, <laughs> oh, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> I did make a mention. Heathcliff. Okay, so um, Phoebe is taking a, a, night class at the community school because she enjoyed yeah. her, La- her Lamaze class there so much, which is, you know, I feel like when I was in college, I was like, who would ever, like, I'm never, like, I, I, my, okay, so I did a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, because I was a psych major, and so you, you kind of have to do something, um, otherwise not special enough, um, and I remember thinking, like, I, I might eventually go back for a PhD, like, later, but then as soon as I finished college, I was like, who like like chooses willingly to take university classes? Like I loved yeah. not having to study. What about you? Uh, yeah, I kind of always have wanted to go to law school. I don't want to be a lawyer. I just think it would be really interesting. I'm not going to do it, though, because it, like you said, it would be three years of like crazy crazy amounts of school they'd probably make me re-get my bachelor's degree first too because i was like, gonna you say don't know can anything. you do like can you do night law school oh yeah Surely. they have it there's one in nashville actually i think it's called nashville i think it's called nashville law night school law? it's not called night law i think it's just nashville law school but they have an entire evening program wow yeah that'd be interesting it'd be um, cool to be able to be your own lawyer for little things like signing stuff and yeah. um i don't know buying a house I don't know that you need a lawyer for either of those things. Oh well, but um, <laughs> maybe if like a contract, like contract law, which you probably yeah, you wouldn't could want re- to do. Review your own contracts, definitely. Like real estate law. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is, I'm like, I don't want to. A friend practice asked me law? recently. Yeah, I don't want to practice law, and I think that in the end, like on TV and in stories and stuff, being a lawyer sounds interesting because it's like you're in the courtroom and you're researching all of this past law and past precedent and all these things to build your case, right? Um, But in reality, I think most lawyers are just doing a lot of paperwork and that doesn't sound 
fun at all. So I doubt mm. you get to do the fun job by skipping all the paperwork jobs first, you know? Um, like, I just want to, like, live in an episode of Suits or, like, be on the Supreme Court. I feel like, like, watching Suits, it seems so stressful. Like, everything is last minute. Everything is, like, a matter of life and death. Mm-hmm. It's all so urgent, but then also there's, like, this I don't feel like is represented well in Suits, but in real life, like, it's like, oh, we filed an appeal, and so now we've got, like, six more months. And so you're basically just, like, buying yourself time yep. all the time. Yep. And then when things do happen, it just seems like everything that lands on your desk is, like, there's, like, you've got, like, you know, 27 cases at once, and they're all matters of urgency. That just is so stressful to me. Yeah. We'll let Pearson Specter lit koala, whatever it ended at the end. Um, I think it was, but probably not all off. I mean, like my friend who lives here, who's a lawyer, he is basically doing paperwork contracts. Like he was, um, at a regular firm and now he's in house at like a big company and he, it's just contracts. And then a, a girl that was in my street, actually, she works for a consulting firm that Ashley used to work for and not the same, like different offices and all that, mm-hmm. but, um, they're a large company. So they she works there and it's kind of the same thing it's just like internal contract review with clients yeah you know yeah that Um, would be quite boring it would be pretty boring but um but yeah so like I think about that every so often but instead I've settled on uh I got myself master class for Christmas this year and so I started taking master class classes which aren't real classes but you learn something so that's cool I do think yeah. that's something that maybe COVID quarantine taught me is like, I do like learning. I mm-hmm. think I just didn't like the idea of like the way that school is set up where it's like, you've got this deadline, you've got this curriculum. It's kind of just like, you've got to, and especially when you've got more than one class going at the same time, there's never enough yeah. time to do it properly. And yeah. so I felt like, like especially with my master's degree, I felt like I had so much opportunity to, you know, you've you've got like all this um, interesting material you can research. It's all at your fingertips, like, you know, unlimited knowledge that you can mm-hmm. tap into, but no time to do it. And it's like, well, they said they needed like 1600 words. And so I'm just going to try to slap 1600 words together in 10 yeah. sources. And it's like, yeah. I don't have time to actually like absorb all of this and make it meaningful. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to smash it out because you've got like, you know, five classes on at once. So yeah, I, I think, think that, that is like, doing it now would be better. Yeah. And I do think not that I'm saying you need to go get your PhD, but PhDs are much more like that where you're able to research what you want to research and basically defend it at the end. Like you don't really take classes when you're doing a PhD like you do for undergrad. I'm sure you take some classes. I'm sure there are certain requirements, but for the most part, you're working on your thesis. Yeah, usually it's like you. the first couple years of your PhD are classes, and then the last year or however long it takes you is your research and dissertation. Yeah, which um, that would be fun. I, eh, I think it would. The I don't think you can just go pick anything because a lot of times it's like you have to pick something that can't. Well, I guess it depends on what you're doing a PhD in, right? But it's yeah. like it has to be something that some research like some literature already exists on sure that you can build sure. on 
And then like stuff that actually, and it, it can be like an isolated experiment. So it can't quite be as like, it can't be that broad. You know, it has to be like, you have to be able to like isolate variables and stuff. I'm yeah. talking about psychology, but I think this applies. Um, and I, I, yeah, and I, you have to find somebody to like sponsor your thesis as well. So it's like mm-hmm. one of your professors has to be interested in it to like, you know, provide you with the like scholarships and students and like you know space and all that stuff like support so um I guess I yeah I always felt like there would be limitations but I did say that like if I did go back and get my doctorate it would be after I've spent some time in the workforce and I actually understand like what the real world problems are Mm -hmm. um but I'm not interested in going for my doctorate right now I um yeah do you feel like we basically did a mini PhD thesis when we did our extended essays in high school? Oh, yeah, totally. That's yeah. that's definitely what that was preparing us for. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought, which for those of you that did not go to high school with us, we were in the IB program, which is basically like AP on steroids because there's a bunch of other requirements. It's like not like going to college, but in the sense that you have to like graduate with a certain amount of credits in certain categories that are very specific and it was so much homework so we so took much homework. AP classes too which were hard but the tests yeah. were the hardest part IB was like the the workload was the hardest it was part a ton plus of work. there were tests yeah, yeah but at the end you have to pick a topic for your extended essay which I don't really remember how long it was now at the time 3,000 words it wasn't that much it felt so much it was longer like, well yeah because it was our first time ever writing like that much yeah I guess we that's were in true. high school yeah I guess we were we were 17 it so. took us months do you remember oh months. and I fudged most of mine what was yours about mine was <clears throat> I totally remember this I can't remember the exact way that I worded the topic um but it was basically looking at modern day um like modern day genetics and kind of like the genetics programs and what you can see and understand with unborn babies and if it was a modern like a modern day eugenics program basically it was like modern day genetics and hitler (laughs) and it was like are we being the nazis in a more like medical way oh what the question was because at the time it was more so like you could choose if you were going to have a boy your or a baby's girl. eye color yep mm-hmm. that's what we thought I don't know I mean I guess you can do that like if you I think you, you can, can do choose that. if you're having a boy or girl I don't know if you could ice at least not that I've heard of I don't think you could isolate it so much With to like, looks yeah but I don't yeah. know I mean maybe yeah, you so could it like, if it was um a bunch of different genetics altogether but I don't know that it would be like you and your partner's baby genetically yeah it was yes yeah, so it was like genetic selection or whatever that's called and yeah and oh like actually that's impressive so I just went hard thank you I got a b minus I'm pretty sure so gosh I'm surprised um, and I was very af- you remember. afraid of my teacher yeah what about you what was yours on I didn't think we got a through b I thought it was like a one through seven score but I honestly don't really remember that was the one through seven was on our like the tests I thought like that, you had to get yeah. like a, like a three or a above. Number. Yeah. 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 But I thought but that on that our extended essay, I, thought, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I, mine was on a literature in the twenties. So I went real soft because it's not hard, not a hard topic. Was it like a, like a 
meta-analysis of literature from back then like kind of like a roundup I think it was a roundup of different I know I talked about like the great Gatsby and Hemingway and all these things and I can't remember if I made modern day comparisons that's possible but I I honestly don't remember I don't remember I also had mono at the end of our senior year so I don't remember you did (laughs) did you write about Wuthering Heights I don't think so because Wuthering Heights was written before. That's the not a, that wasn't from wasn't the twenties. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wrote like, I you know. I don't remember reading Wuther. We did read Wuthering Heights in high school. Well, we definitely read Wuthering Heights. Um, we did not read the. Great I mean, Gatsby. we were meant to. I'm just like, did I actually read it or not? And I think that's one of the ones that I at least skimmed. Yeah, I think I read most of it and then Cliff Notes the rest because I don't Okay, Heath let's Cliff talk notes about this. The rest. Heath Cliff Notes the rest. I I am impressed. Maybe some people can do this. But a book like Wuthering Heights really is like dripping in symbolism and deeper meaning and da 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 da. da. But I would not be able to pull most of that out without guidance. I could yeah. pick up some symbolism, like the really obvious ones. Um, but I rem- do you remember reading The Sound and the Fury? Yes. I enjoyed that was it. That was written from all the different perspectives. Yes. yes. I yeah. enjoyed it because we did deep dives with like all these notes and, you know, scholarly reviews on what the symbolism and metaphor and all those other literary terms we use were in there. But I, there is no way I ever would have just read that and picked up on a dang thing. So... So I think about that all the time when I read books now. I'll be like, which also, I thought this is what I thought you were going to say, is these were not easy books to read. And so I feel like the fact that we had to read like one every two weeks or one every month yeah. or whatever it was, plus all our other homework was just asking too much. Yeah. Anyway, um, if I do say so myself. But like whenever I read books now, I'll like, you know, get two thirds of the way through and I'm like, huh, that's interesting. They mentioned fire again. Fire <laughs> seems to be a symbol through this book. And I'm like, that's one of those things I think about is like the only reason I ever caught that stuff at all is because our teacher would basically mm-hmm. spell it out for us and be like, highlight that it's going to come up later or like yeah. make a note of this yeah. and like you'd take notes on it. But I'll, like without reading a book and then having to go back and read it again, I would never just notice that stuff. I don't know. Maybe some no. people are literary minded. Smarter than us. Yeah. Do you know who is not literary minded and who definitely did not read Wuthering Heights is Rachel. <laughs> Rachel. Um, yes. So, <laughs> so so Phoebe is taking a literature class at the night school because she enjoyed it so much. And um, one of the first books they have to read is Wuthering Heights. And I wanted to ask you, do you think we should put the music video on our Instagram we're going to have to. So um, if none of you have, if you haven't read Wuthering Heights, I wouldn't recommend it. No, um, neither. So don't bother. But <laughs> if you are, so Ashley and I are 34. If you are older than us, chances are you have heard the Wuthering Heights song. Maybe if you're our age, I'm not really sure. I think it was from like the late 70s, early 80s. But there is a song about Wuthering Heights that basically sums up the plot. And this woman is singing like 
the ghost of Christmas past the whole time, just screeching like a cat. It's, it's Kate Bush, isn't it? Kate Bush, yes. Very English, very popular song. My... And didn't she write it when she was 16? Like, I she must know. have, like, did she do it for a class project? Like, wh- <laughs> I don't know. Why was she singing about Wuthering Heights? Is I what I, want to know. I couldn't tell you. But all I know is that Ashley and I, although we went to the same school, we had different English teachers for whatever reason, like every single year of high school. Do we, do yeah. we have the same teacher any year? Um, no, it's because we had such a big school. We had to have like two English teachers yeah. per grade. And That's so crazy we always, that we never that was, had the same one, though. I know. It is weird. That's yeah, funny. we always wound up in different ones. I liked mine. Well, except for that one. Or that one, yeah. yeah. So um, I, my English teacher made us listen to this song, and I sang it for Ashley later, and she just thought... <laughs> That I was, was had crazy slid off her cracker to use a New Zealand term <laughs> because she had never heard the song and she was not subjected to it by her teacher, but I was. So anyway, fast forward to I don't know what six months ago in the year 2020. Yes, Ashley is listening to I don't know Spotify's worst songs ever playlist. I'm not sure, just some <laughs> sort of playlist. And I it was some not. 70s she playlist. Me, Wuthering Heights just came on out of nowhere, unprovoked. So Heathcliff, <laughs> in a do, do, it's so bad. No, I'm thinking. No, that's it. Da, 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 oh, Mandy. It kind of sounds similar to that. <laughs> it's just, it's a lot. So we will put the link in our Instagram at Best Friends Club Podcast if you want to check it out. We'll try to find the music video. It's We'll put it on our stories. So like it'll be a 24 hour thing because she doesn't get a. We can put a link to it. I like a link to the. Well, I don't know. I don't know how don't we know. don't have a. We'll put it somewhere. Not popular enough. Not, no, <laughs> we'll put it somewhere that you can have access to it. So, and we'll tell you where it is. And but if not, anyway, DM us. And we'll you're send welcome. You the link. <laughs> yeah, if you want to, if you even know what we're talking about. So, yes. anyway, we're gonna move on from Kate Bush <laughs> and her scary ghost rendition of Heathcliff, um, which our teacher would have loved. Oh no, she did because she made you watch well, my it. My teacher right. loved anyway. it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Rachel shows up and she hasn't actually read the book and Phoebe's super annoyed, but Rachel's like, oh yeah, I thought I did, but turns out I didn't. And then she's like, sorry, I'm late. I left late. Like, she's just not taking it seriously. No. Um, but she's like, oh, fill me in. What's this book about? And so Phoebe kind of gives her the Heathcliff notes version and she's like, but sweet Phoebe. She's like, and then there's like all these like super wild moors, which I feel like like, you know, mirrors the wildness of Heathcliff's character and now that she mentions it like I do remember the moors coming up like every yes, chapter constantly. they set the scene with like the white waves crashing over the moors and I was like enough of this okay we get it it's gray outside and there's rocks but like yeah so the symbolism was real um so then the teacher calls on Rachel for like a what did you think of the book Rachel basically spits back what Phoebe says and the teacher is like praising her, and Phoebe gets really annoyed because she stole fair. her idea. Totally Which is stole. fair, yeah, yeah. And then, and because the teacher then called on Phoebe, and she wasn't paying attention because oh, she was getting so annoyed at Rachel, and then yeah. she looked like an idiot. So I, I yes. get why she's upset. Yeah, but if you think I was like curious because Phoebe had this great insight about the Moors, but she didn't have any other insights. You think she would have like one other thing to to share? Yeah, instead of just <laughs> mimicking the professor yeah. until he moved on. Oh, it's so um, cringy. So then the next 
next week or whatever happens, Rachel shows up and she's like, oh, yeah, I didn't read this one either. Instead, I read Cosmo or Vogue or whatever. And um, which I'm not knocking. Rachel's in fashion. She's got to stay up with business. The times. You know, her business, her industry. Yeah. And so Phoebe exacts her revenge by saying that Jane Eyre is actually a cyborg. And... <laughs> Then she tells the teacher to call on Rachel to hear her shrewd observations. And we don't see it, unfortunately. I would have loved to see that monologue. Mm-hmm. But apparently Rachel goes on and on comparing Jane Eyre to RoboCop. <laughs> um, but then they talk about it. And they, you know, I, I love Rachel and Phoebe's relationship. Like, they're so different, but they just have such understanding for one another. Yeah. I, I really like that. And I do kind of, you know, you and I are really, really similar. But as we've gotten older, we definitely have like very different views and stances on certain things and very different ways, different ways of doing things. And so I can see this more now. Whereas like when I used to watch this when I was younger, I didn't quite understand because I mm-hmm. just I feel like our friend group wasn't like identical, but we were certainly more homogenous. Well, yeah. And I think there's also certain things about like. When you're in, we all have the same experience, right? Like we lived together exactly. and we went to school together. Like our influences yeah. were the we same. Have very similar backgrounds. Influences. Yeah. 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 So I think that that's more common. But then you grow up and you work different places and you live different places. I mean, even though Rachel and Phoebe see each other every day, they not only grew up very differently, they also like exist in the world very differently. Um, yeah. Oh, well, I just think they trust each other. So it's okay for them to be different. I, yeah, I think yeah. um I think I think like you like you're right. We had very similar experiences in friend groups in college, but even after college, I feel like I kind of ran in a circle of very similar like-minded people even though I probably wouldn't have said so at the time. But like looking now at my friend group, I definitely think so. And so I think now I can understand. So you know, I was kind of just a little bit like, "Oh, wouldn't they be annoyed because if they think this way and she, you know, and it's kind of right. like the Ross and Phoebe. Like they're just such polar opposites. But yeah, um, yeah. But I've always, I've always like liked that they have such understanding for each other. And I think mm-hmm. I understand it more now because you're right. You and I, even though we like have different views and stuff, we still have all of those same shared experiences and such similar upbringings, um, yeah. and quite similar current environments. Even though there's some some stark differences, but a lot of you think we have similar current environments right now. Yeah. Yeah. Do you not? We both live in the year 2020. <laughs> um, we are both women who work. We live with boys. In similar type. So we've got like not the same type of work, but similar enough types of work. I mean, Renee just named a job title of an open position at her company and I could basically explain what it was so like better than I could explain it which is live worth in, noting yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like we live in similar realms do you know what I mean like I the type of work we do is like similar enough similar pay scale similar like that type of thing experience and whatever um we both have long-term partners that we live with we both um and you know and they're like very different people but again like I guess I'm thinking like socioeconomically you and I are really similar we both live in developed western nations where we have they have their problems but you know we 
have similar experiences there. We, yeah, I think, I think we exist in the world, even though like in physically different spots, like we've got a lot of similarities. Yeah. But that would mean that so Rachel and Phoebe. Well, I think like their jobs are very, very different. Their social circles are very, very different aside from the six people that they hang out with all the time. But, you know, (laughs) Rachel doesn't have a, who's the steel drum lady? Marjorie? Marjorie. (laughs) Phoebe maintains her, um, her wider circle of eclectic friends. (laughs) Anyway. Honey, you're um, quirky and we just get a big kick out of it. (laughs) We all do. (laughs) We all do. Um, Anyway, so they have this cute, you know, little conversation where, Phoebe's frustrated because she actually wanted to learn. She never got to go to high school, and so she feels like yeah. she missed out, and she wants to learn. And that makes sense. Totally. I would probably and, feel um, the same way. Yeah, totally. And good on Phoebe for, like, taking the initiative and and doing that herself. And so then Rachel's like, oh, you wanted to learn. I just wanted to have fun. And she goes, you know, if you wanted to learn, you know who you should go with. <laughs> and then we see Monica. Oh. I know, I know, I know. I mean, she couldn't be more obnoxious. I feel like this is, they've really like sent Monica to the extreme in this one. And so then mm-hmm. she like, like comes in and is <laughs> at the end is like, I convinced the professor to give us a test. Tests make us all better learners. <laughs> this is so like Monica being like, we can have fun in an organized fashion. Yes. <laughs> We're supposed to have, start having fun in 10 minutes. Uh, and and when, moment sooner. when the other girl's like, what is up with that Monica girl? And Phoebe's like, I don't know. I didn't come with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so, gosh. yeah, Monica's gone to a bad place. She's so. gone to the bad place. Yeah. Anyway, that's them. It's very cute. We love it. It's uh, cute. Look at our Instagram for a, a, ren- a scary rendition of Heathcliff <laughs> from Kate Bush circa from 1979. Ashley me we'll do a side-by-side tiktok duet ah renee i have just figured out what our tiktok platform should be (laughs) just us doing duetting duetting ridiculous music videos i think that Mm. already exists it kind of does there's this really funny australian comedian named celeste barber oh i love her i do, do you follow her oh yeah I should. I don't. But my friend M, who's Kiwi but lives over in Australia, she always just sends me the funniest ones. Sometimes mm-hmm. I like that. When you're like, you just send me, you filter it out and yeah. send me Yeah. Oh, stuff. I have a lot. Yeah. I follow like five people on Instagram, so I rely on others to send me funny things. <laughs> to send you that. Yeah. 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 Um, and she'll always do like, it'll be like a picture of some model or influencer or something like in a bikini, just like standing there and being like, this bathing suit just hugs you in all the right places. But the model's like a size two. And then Celeste Barber, who is like a more typical body size, not a two, will put it on and just like be ridiculous and be like, damn, I do look good. And like opens up her window and she's like, everyone come see how good I look in my new bikini. (laughs) She's so funny. Uh, And I do love it because I think she lives in Sydney and Sydney, particularly in Australia, just has such toxic, like, body culture. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when you went there and you were like, you went to the beach, didn't you? And you were like, uh, yeah, wasn't too happy about, like, taking off my swimsuit cover up because everybody there is just, like, an unrealistic body type. Yeah, it's like Muscle Beach in California. They... Like- like yeah. everybody goes to the gym all the time. Everybody tans all the time. Like 
perfect I fake fit right hair, in. lashes. Like, yeah. So basically it was like Renee was, it was like, where's Waldo trying to find Renee? Um, no jokes. They, they do. They have, I wouldn't, I, even other Australians are like, oh yeah, Sydney. No, I wouldn't want to keep up with that. They just, I don't know. They're all mm. Fitstagram models there. Mm. Like I said, fit right in. Um, exactly. Just Renee's people. Um, okay. So I think we'll talk about um, the undies. We'll go back to the start. <laughs> okay. The undies. undies. Whose are they? Not mine. Um, so Rachel, is it? Is it Rachel's? Like, what am I sitting on? And she finds Phoebe. like a lumpy. Oh, Phoebe. And there's like, ooh, undies. Ooh, that's right. Like clumped up um, undies in the corner. Disgusting. Oh my gosh. Like dirty, crumpled, whitey tidies. And Ugh. so she finds them and Rachel like is like holding them on a stick. Whose are they? And like waving them in the guy's faces. And they're Chandler's because Chandler is secretly hooking up with Monica. Yes. Um, but nobody knows this except Putting for Joey. Putting Joey in the middle. Yes. Was that last episode he found out or was that? No. That was like two or three it episodes was a couple. ago. Yeah. It's when they do the conference. They fake conferences and Monica That's leaves right. her eyelash curler. It's like episode four eyelash or five, curler. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a little while ago now, which I think I think you made a mention of it. Like they kind of don't talk about it. They like bring it up for just a second in one of the episodes, so you like don't forget, but then they kind mm-hmm. of shelve it a little bit. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Well they um, I'm glad they like brought other because they do this with Ross and Rachel too, where sometimes it's like, okay, like I know that's what we're mainly talking about right now, but I need to talk about something else. Like other yeah, things are happening. That's right. Other storylines. Speaking of that, um, it did come to our attention that in the episode in London when Chandler and Monica first hook up, we really glossed over that. <laughs> um, I don't remember why we glossed over it. Did we ever we like said come it back the next and... episode? We said oh, we did. Okay. Episode. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I just want to make sure we didn't like I think it's also because like the first time they kiss it's kind of like Monica's really drunk. They're sort of just yep. having like a, he's, you know, Chandler's just like, oh, you're the most beautiful girl in the room. And then she just sort of kisses him. And then like, obviously they like hook up and that is really significant. But I think there's just so many more other times in their relationship that I really like that I'd rather talk more about. So I totally. think that one's just not that standout for me. And this is my sandwich. So no, I'm just kidding. Um, So... <laughs> So Chan- so so they're like looking at Joey like take one for the team you've got to say they're yours and he's like uh they're mine and they're like see they're Joey's 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 I love I love Chandler's nervous energy I don't know I know he's um, so nervous but I just I feel so bad gosh they are just throwing Joey under the bus here I was gonna ask you about this so it's like they are doing a terrible job. Of covering their tracks and yes. keeping this on the DL. And then it's, I think it is unfair because it's like, it's one thing to be like, okay, we know you know about this. Please keep it a secret for us. And then, like, mm-hmm. kind of like he says, like, you've got to give me, you've got to like help me. Yeah. If it's a, secret, it a secret, act like it's a secret. Yes. Yeah. But like the fact that they're basically like, oh, can you help us? And then just like not at all try to help themselves. Yeah. That's the is. thing is like, he, I don't, I think that Joey can be a good friend and just not 
he doesn't need to mention it to anybody else. But if it's going to be a secret, they need to like truly be sneaking around and not take advantage of Joey. I feel like it's very unfair to him. Even like he, you know, he says in the one episode, he's like, just because I know it doesn't mean I want to see it. Um, totally. Which I think is just unfair to ask him to constantly yeah. be around it, but also keep it a secret. But also keep it a secret. But let me ask you, um, you'd said not last episode because that was the thanks. Oh, maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe it was. And I think it was a few ago with the eyelash curler or something. Mm-hmm. You were like, you were saying that like they're not doing a very good job. They're like being quite sloppy about covering it up. And you thought that they wanted to get caught. Do you still think that? I mean, I think that sometimes with stuff like this, getting caught is easier than just deciding when it's the time to talk about it. So I don't know that they. So it's, and it's. I guess I think it's, it's a hard thing to tell people. Yeah. It's like, well, if they find out, I don't have to tell them. And then that's done. That's a good point. Because yeah. we've talked I, about that before with like, mm-hmm. I have a friend who cheated on her fiance and like looking back at it and, and, and they, 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 they were already, she was like ready to call off. Well, she was ready. She postponed the wedding and then she did. And then like looking back at it now like you know way after the fact she's like I think subconsciously I just wanted it to like the decision Mm -hmm. to be made and I was like like and you know she's like that was a really stupid mistake but at the time it's like I don't think she intentionally did it but I she is like I think subconsciously I was just like well this will this will do it so I don't have to like have the hard conversation yeah. It's and crazy. also, they've made up this arbitrary rule that the reason it's going so well is that it's a secret. But the truth is, is that... Yeah, what's that about? It's I, I could understand when it's at the beginning and you're like, we don't know if this is a thing. I don't want to tell yeah, anybody yeah, yeah, yeah. when we don't know it's a thing. That I 100% understand. It's like the three-date rule. Totally. You don't talk but, about it when it's brand new. Yes, but they have been going out for months now and... It's very clearly a thing, and they're very much in a relationship. So I would, I think that was solidified basically when Phoebe had her babies and the male nurse thing, and they, you know, decided they weren't just goofing around. Um, yeah. Not saying they're going to get married, but, like, that means you're in a real relationship. Like, it's time to start acting like it. And now that Joey knows, I feel like the Band-Aid's been ripped off. So if the reason it's so good is that it's a secret – um. That doesn't really stand up anymore. But I think a lot of it is that they just don't want to deal with everybody else's opinions, which they're obviously going to have. But I just, yeah, I just think it's really unfair. And I have um, a really great excuse ready to go for Chandler or for Joey. Why the underwear's there. Oh, can I say one thing before we do, before you say what it is? Yeah. I was just the one thing. (laughs) Um, I was actually always wants to say one thing. If the excuse, and then two hours later, we still haven't started recording. Yeah. Um, Me and Ross have that in common. Can I just say one thing? The world would be such a better place if it was truly just the one thing. Anyway, um, I feel like I could understand if they were like look, we know we're in a relationship, like like you said, since the male nurse thing, and they kind of discussed it. And, you know, he was like, we're in a relationship. And she was like, afraid so after the fight in Atlantic City. Like, yeah, I could understand if they were like, we just are afraid of how this might change the group dynamic. 
Right. Because it will. Like that totally. will happen. You've We've all had friends in our friend group that have started, well, not maybe not everybody, but like I would understand if that was their like excuse about like, you know, we don't want to make it awkward for other people or be excluded or like have people feel like we're the couple and we're ganging up on them. But, um, but that's, that's not the they excuse say. they give. <laughs> no. They're yeah. Okay. So what's the, what's the undies excuse? The undies excuse is, oh yeah, I was folding my laundry over here the other day. I'm sorry. That's exact. I was going to say like, oh, sorry. Like, um, I threw, I threw a few things in with Monica's load of laundry cause she does laundry every day, you know, and didn't have a full load. Like that's yeah. what I was thinking. But it was kind of going like back to like when they're in London and, it's like, hey, have you seen Monica? I'm not seeing Monica. Why would you say that? Like, yeah, yeah. They're just <laughs> getting in their own way here. Where if you could just be cool and thinking about think about it in the broader scheme of things, you'd realize that there is an obvious answer to all these, um, at least to the undies. <clears throat> well, but, the razor as well. Like <laughs> Joey has I women love- in his apartment literally every I night. Know, How that like, is, uh, you know, it's so funny. Sh- I didn't even oh. think of that. He could have been like, oh, yeah, my date left it here. I guess I guess unless she's like, hey, that's Monica's razor. Because, you know, she's her, Monica's roommate. So she would notice. I mean, I'm assuming it's just like some brand of women's disposable razor. I, know, like, so I don't think it's that like monogrammed. Like it's like a Remington. <laughs> I don't think so either. But um, I mean, or he could have been like, oh, my my date, <laughs> my date needed a razor and borrowed Monica's. Like, yeah, that is possible too I don't know but anyway that's not what happens it is funny that like sometimes they can come up with good excuses on the fly like I'm seeing a guy from work ha you know or whatever yeah or like like versus like freaking out like this but anyway um yeah so Rachel sees so so Joey's he takes the fall for the undies goes out of his apartment Chandler and Monica come over as well and he does the same thing. Like, I'm so tired of all the sneaking around. You guys are being so, like, sloppy about mm, covering it up. Very and, like, sloppy. Rachel found your razor, and I had to say that I was playing a woman in a play, <laughs> and I shaved my leg. <sighs> uh, one thing led to another. <laughs> and So funny. And I was playing a role for, what was it, the ugly woman or something like that? Something. Um, but yeah, I yeah. he definitely. I didn't even think so, about that. He totally could have pushed that off on like, oh, it was my dates, or you were in the shower, and Monica came over here. I mean, there's like a million reasons that don't lead to Monica and Chandler sleeping together. Like, I think that's the last guess everybody would have. Yeah, you know? but obviously, like you said, when it's top of mind for them, they're yeah. afraid it's so obvious. Yeah, totally. Um, and they're not totally wrong because they are doing a terrible job covering it up. So. Okay, so this leads us to like... Oh, yeah? No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say poor Joey. I do Mm -hmm. feel for Joey in this one. So so he brings this date home. And she's like, oh, I was wondering if you were going to ask me out. And he's like, you still wondering? (laughs) She's like, well... What a ding dong. No, because we we just went on that. What a ding dong. (laughs) He is a ding dong. Um, And so... They walk into the living room and there is a sex den set up with a camera. A sex den. I'm gonna pause. Ah. Here. I'm gonna pause here. Ah. Gonna and coined the phrase "sex den." That was clever. Um, I would be so pissed at Chandler if I was Joey. Oh, for so many reasons. Not only is 
Joey taking the fall for all this stuff. Why would you set up a sex tape, sex den situation in your shared living yes. room? Yes. Do that your in your bedroom. is home with the door unlocked. And actually the door unlocked is like the least of it. Because even if they locked the door and then Joey couldn't get into his own home because his roommate was filming a sex tape, like, it's still not okay. Yeah. You can only do that kind of stuff in the living room if you are the sole owner of the apartment. You cannot do that. When you have roommates, you do that in your bedroom, you sicko. I was going to say, like, still wouldn't love it if, like, maybe Joey was away for the weekend. Still wouldn't love it because that's shared space. But, like, yes, agreed. at least then I guess it's kind of like, you know, okay, well, they've got a blanket down. So I guess they can, like, clean up whatever. But, like, yeah, bedroom. That's why you have a room with doors unless you are the sole owner of the apartment. (laughs) you oh and not only does it ruin his date rachel sees it and is like okay you're disgusting you were trying to lure your date in yeah so rachel rachel yeah so the date is like oh my gosh i can't believe you thought you were gonna film us having sex on the first date and like storms out and rachel hears and joey has done some pretty poor things in the past and so this yeah. isn't outside of the realm of possibility of things you could assume Joey would do. Right. Especially, you know, from the stories we hear. And so Rachel just looks at him and is like, what is wrong with you? And she walks in and she's like, is what she just said true? So she does. I like that she kind of like gives him the benefit of the doubt first and is like, hey, not, hang on a second. What? Like, is that for real? Walks in, sees the setup and is like, oh, my gosh. And then Chandler strolls out, throws Joey into the bus again. And she's like, and with Chandler in the other room, what are you, sick? And Joey, being the ultimate loyal friend, says, Oh my gosh. I'm Joey. I make low budget adult films. (laughs) And Chandler, like, I think if he's already going to screw him over, he should just stay in his room and be quiet. Not come out yes, that and is be the like, last what thing tarnation is going on here? Ugh. This is brand new information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I would be very mad. Joey, I think, is taking this all in stride, all things considered. I wonder if he knows that there's going to be an end date and the good name of Joey will be unsullied. But yeah, he's doing way more than I would ever do. So like any of my it, friends out like- there, yourself included, Renee. I know. Well, it's like you do the underwear thing. Okay, fine. I get it. But you need to tighten up, right? And they do the opposite of tighten up the rest of the episode. Um, Like, go to a hotel room if you yes. need to get your sex tape on. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, go and somewhere then, else that is not your shared living room. <laughs> yes. And because... um, Oh, Joey, because sure. That I think plan it's was this foiled. scene. Yeah, um, but yeah. I think it's in this scene. His shirt is like a magic eye puzzle. Oh, I didn't notice. It's I've just, ugly. It's so ugly. Chandler's ties throughout this whole episode bother me. They're all no. just the worst. I mean, he doesn't have good fashion sense at the best of times. But no. um, yeah, okay. So so um, because their plan is foiled, um, Monica brings a naked picture and gives it to Chandler and is like, here's a little preview. Um, and then... They get interrupted. We'll explain what happens with that later, Ross. Um, and so 
it's like he like tucks it in a magazine to just kind of like hide the picture. Just willy nilly. So, yeah, again, put that in your suit pocket. Like, yes, exactly. Gosh. That's what suit pockets are for. Nude pictures of your secret girlfriend. Lover. (laughs) I'm assuming. Come on, Chandler. That your friends don't know. Done this before. Anyways. Duh. (laughs) So obvious. So Joey, sweet, sweet, pretty dumb Joey, walks into his apartment with a bucket of KFC, (laughs) with a bucket of off-brand KFC because, you know, promotional rights and whatever. And he, like, picks up the magazine and the nude picture falls out. And so he picks it up and he's like, oh, my gosh. And, like, as he is just, like, realizing what's going on, Rachel walks up behind him, sees what he's doing, and fair enough, after the undies, didn't he say he took them off in their apartment because he got hot? So after the undies and the sex tape in the shared room with Chandler there, and now the bucket of chicken and nude picture of Monica, uh-huh. she's like, Joey has a secret peephole, and he takes pictures of us, and he looks at them while he eats chicken. <laughs> oh, and I love her, that yeah. she's like flashing it around in people's faces like she's look. like look at and this re- <laughs> and ross is like that's my sister and like monica like yanks it out of his hand i would be so pissed off at chandler if i was monica right now so uh, pissed off at chandler i think we he should all not, be pissed off at he, chandler right now i agree with you he's the loser of this episode for sure yes and but then like, to try to explain it he makes joey a sex addict like ugh. yeah they just like the and the sad thing is like Joey is, like you said, he's taking it all so well. He's going above and beyond. He's being such a good, loyal friend. It was doing them a favor in the first place. And Chandler is just piling on at this point. And so um, he's like, Joey's a sex addict. That explains everything. Monica chimes in. It's a disease. And then he's like, no, no, it's I'm going to tell them the truth. Monica and I hooked up in London. And so I think it's kind of funny that he basically just outs Chandler and Monica's story, uh-huh. but a little different. And so I like when Chandler's like, well, let's see what everyone thinks of that. Yep. But again, Chandler is letting Monica take the fall. Yeah. And like, Joey instead of himself. Chandler's the worst. And it's just wild to me that in Monica's shoes at the moment, it is better to think that you hooked up with Joey and tried to lure him with sex tapes and undies, then it would be to just say, actually, Chandler and I are together now. And, like, we're in a loving, committed relationship, and we just weren't ready to tell you guys because we didn't want to change the dynamic. Right. How is this better? (laughs) Well, it's better for us because we get a sexy dance from Phoebe in a few episodes, so I'll take this version. That's true. (laughs) Um, you know what I mean? Like, I would be like, okay, it's over. Like, it's time. We just have to tell them. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. Even trying to say, like, oh, Joey's a sex addict. Like, that still is like, okay, but the two of you aren't actually going to, like, get your act together next time. So, like, how long does this charade have to go on? Mm -hmm. And, like, I wouldn't stand for that if I was Joey. I would have put my foot down, too. And I think this is so funny. I think – that their time is running out. Like, there are going to be situations that they're not going to be able to Joey explain away, you know? Yeah. Totally. So, so um, yeah. 
So, so he's like, yeah, you know, Monica's been trying to lure me back ever since. And they're all like, Monica, why? And so Joey's like, well, now that that's all cleared up, I'm going to eat my chicken. But I'm just eating the skin. So the chicken's up for grabs. <laughs> oh, he's so funny. Oh, I, love I love the spot the spot earlier when um, Rachel's like making all these accusations. And Phoebe's like, OK, everybody calm down. Let's give our friend Joey a chance to explain why he's such a big pervert. <laughs> Like, it sounds like she's going to be on his side, and then she is definitely not, but it makes me laugh so hard. Yeah. The way she says it, the tone is so good. Such a big purr. Yeah, where she's like, (laughs) yeah, let's let's let him explain, but I've already made up my mind here. Yep. Um, Speaking of delicious foul, (laughs) Ross has... (laughs) Was that a good segue? Yes, it was a great segue. Um. So Ross has this delicious sandwich, which does sound really good. It's like a Thanksgiving yeah. turkey leftover sandwich. I don't like the idea of a gravy-soaked slice of bread in the middle because, like, that's why I don't like Big Macs is because I'm like, yuck, too much. Well, there's many reasons, but, like, too much bread. Who needs more bread? But mm. I guess Renee needs more bread? Well, here's the thing. I think in this case, the because it soaks up the gravy, it wouldn't really seem like bread. It really would sink. It would shrink it down. It would just keep it from being dry, which turkey you, tends and to turkey be. turkey is, yes. So um, I usually yes. get around that by adding uh, mashed potatoes to a Thanksgiving leftover sandwich Ooh, or cranberry yum. sauce is actually a nice little twist. Ooh, that's true. I haven't had a Thanksgiving a nice leftover shamwi- sandwich in like 15 years because I don't eat turkey anymore, but right. I have fa- I can like still taste it on the dinner rolls from Publix. That's really the way to Ooh. do it. Girl, I'm about to mm. walk back to mm. America for one of those. For frosty one of those. Ba- <laughs> Pack of dinner rolls from Publix. I'll see if I can ship them to you. They'll only be a little I bit moldy by the time they get there. Literally thinking of a Publix subs yesterday oh. during my Pilates class. I was like, oh, I'm so jealous that my friends can just go eat Publix subs whenever they want one. Gosh, I haven't had one I... in like a long time. Yeah. Renee's Renee's public sub of choice used to be the chicken tender sandwich i'd still highly recommend it yeah i'd also walk back to florida for a hot one of those bad boys <laughs> anyway i'm sure i'll be there at some point in the future when we're all allowed to do that again um yes so ross had this delicious sandwich that monica made him with the moist maker and he's all bummed and i do i have to say i totally get this like mm-hmm. He was just like, it's been such a hard year. Like, that yeah. sandwich was all I had going on in my life. We know that Ross is obsessive to a big fault. But, like, yeah. I do – I get this on two levels. I get this on the level of, like, I know it's just a sandwich, but at the same time, like, everything in my life is falling apart. So it would be great if, like, the one thing I was looking forward to wasn't taken from me. And I also get this on the level of, like, people should not just eat your food. Yeah, they definitely shouldn't. So I'm not condoning eating anybody's food at all when I say this. But I think that eating somebody's personal homemade food out of the office fridge is just weird. Whereas like stealing a yogurt or a Diet Coke, like a a self-contained item that isn't yours but isn't like touched by others easily replaced easily replaced but I'm, I'm like I said I'm not saying people should do this but it is very strange to me to think about eating somebody's leftovers versus like stealing oh. their yogurt 
I see you're like saying. a yogurt container, you know, or like a Coke or like an apple snack bar. Sure. Like a like an item that you would just buy at the grocery store versus I made this sandwich or this is the Indian food I made last night or anything like that. Yeah. Is, so you're saying like you don't condone any of no. it, but that's even more like he had to like touch that sandwich to make it so it's like why would you want to go like it's super strange to someone me. else's pre-touched yeah food? it's super strange to me to eat the idea of eating somebody else's like homemade food that you don't know um you don't know who's it yeah well i guess he knew it was ross's but still it's like yeah, yeah unless you were offered it's it super weird <laughs> if you're offered it that's different but like rifling through the fridge to st- if i was going to steal something out of the fridge you better believe it would be like a self-contained item that I could replace um I wouldn't just be like oh whose lunch am I gonna eat today but it happens so often that obviously everyone doesn't feel this way it's really weird you know? to me I don't know it's I weird. don't just eat people's food but I'm also not a stealer okay no. look if you're out there listening and you this has ever happened to you let us know or like okay we will share it anonymously I know we do share stuff with people's names but um we won't tag you yeah just tell us we won't tag you we won't tag you you can also ask us to do anon but for this one we'll definitely do anonymous like have you ever stolen someone's food and like what was it were you just like so hungry that you blacked out and ate it like tell us what was going just give us a chance we'll give you a chance to explain why you're such a big pervert Because it even makes sense to me when people, like, use someone's coffee or creamer or yeah. anything like that where it's like, yeah, you know, I get it. It was in there and you needed it, so you just used it. Sure. But, like, a sandwich is so strange to me. Um, I read a thing that – it was a meme. It was like, shout out to whoever in the office has been stealing my coffee creamer all year. That was actually breast milk. <gasps> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's real or not, but it made me laugh really hard because I'm like, I could see how bringing your own coffee creamer, how it would get stolen a lot. Totally. You know, sometimes I would think it would just be that like, okay, so like at my office, we had coffee creamer in there that was like community property, fair game supplied by the office. But if somebody brought their own like, you know, sugar-free or yeah, oat milk or whatever, whatever yeah, special kind. I wouldn't necessarily know that unless they wrote on it with a Sharpie. Yeah. Um, so I could understand how stuff like that happens, especially if it's like some stuff is community and some is not. But um, it's pretty obvious that you didn't bring a sandwich and now you're eating one. Yeah, it's pretty obvious that Ross didn't yeah. bring that to just for whoever wants it. Like, he, I mean, he did even write a note that yes. says, knock, knock, who's there? Ross's sandwich uh, don't yes. eat me okay so maybe he knew that there okay. was an office culture of people stealing people's food uh that is I think it's in a lot of offices though honestly this is the kind of stuff that's just like I'd prefer to spend my time doing my job not like chasing down the office thief <laughs> I'd find a way um I, I don't know did... I'd find a way yeah I almost did something like this by accident. It's kind of different, though. I came into work one day, and I, you know, you have, like, I mean, maybe this is just me, but I had, like, a few tote bags that I would, like, always bring my lunch and miscellaneous items in. Yeah. And one of them was a tote bag from The Skim, which is, like, a daily email newsletter um, 
just kind of gives you like a quick rundown of what's going on in the world and I yeah. got involved with them early on so I have a tote bag from them and it's one of my bags I use a lot for work so I had been bringing my skim bag to work and sometimes I just put the whole tote in the fridge because it had my stuff yeah. in it um I came in one day and I saw the bag in there but I had brought a different bag and it had somebody else's stuff in it. And I was like, okay, so someone is trying to steal my bag. So I'm just going to quietly remove their items from the bag and take my bag back. Mm-hmm. Until I looked at it and I was like, this looks so much – is mine this new? And so then I questioned myself. And so I put all the items back. Well, then I realized it was a girl who just started also – Shocker, they made more than one in an effort to make money. Uh, Renee <laughs> made more you than one are promotional Monica item. with the jeans, and like, those are my I know. jeans. <laughs> well, in my defense, I put it all back, and then I asked her, I was like, Is that that's your bag, right? Like, that's not my bag. <laughs> she was like, Yeah, it's my bag. I was like, Okay, cool. I the almost stole it, but um, don't worry, I, I put it back. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I so I would that say that was a true, that. honest mistake. Totally, one hundred. That was an honest mistake, or using someone's coffee creamer, I think, is a mistake, or eating a, a yogurt that you thought you brought, or a diet coke, or something like that. You thought it was yours, but you ate it, and then afterwards you're like, "Crap, that wasn't mine. That was in here before, or whatever." Um, once again, cannot be replaced. Moist maker cannot be replaced. Cannot be replaced. I think that I think that the note that Ross put on there tells us that this is an existing problem in the office where somebody yes. just yes. takes stuff. So that's not cool. Totally. I think maybe I would just decide to like get a mini fridge in for my own office or like have like a cooler with an ice pack or something and just keep my food in my office is what I would do. Yeah, um, I might have to. So that it couldn't get me. In that environment, I think that's the easiest that's the easiest thing to do. Or like put a camera on the fridge or something so you can see who's stealing what. I don't know. Anyway, um, Phoebe, they were all like, this is the the goofiest note ever. And so Phoebe's like, oh, yeah, people used to try to mess with me when I lived on the street. So I'll help you write a note that'll like really, you know, like keep them away. And and Ross is like, oh, is it going to be like, keep your mitts off my grub? Oh, the trash talk is really embarrassing. And then Chandler's like, when you picture Phoebe living on the street, is she surrounded by the entire cast of Annie or? (laughs) And so, yeah, the Gellers, not tough. Um, And so, so yeah, so she writes some mean note that we don't know what it says. And he uses it and he's like, oh, Phoebe, your note worked so well. Everybody at work is afraid of me. They're offering to like do my work for me one guy called me mental geller it's a cool work nickname and so he's like (laughs) leaning into it and then um his boss donald pays him a visit and is like ross i gotta talk to you um we've we've had some reports of some like erotic what (laughs) uh i meant to say erratic behavior Mm. Freudian so slip. Hopefully, there was no shame. Shame. Of I know your name. Ross's erotic. I mean, I guess he did get caught hooking up in the museum um, one time before, which was some erotic behavior. But he still managed That's to have true. his job after that. Don't don't 
ask me how. Because he men failing up, but <laughs> he's a man. Yep. Um, you know that intern, a PhD candidate, got booted from the program immediately. She gone. What PhD intern are you talking about? The girl he hooked up with in the library. No, I was talking about when he and Rachel got caught in the Homo sapien exhibit or the Homo erectus exhibit by the nuns. Oh, oh, I'm talking about a different time Ross was having sex in mm-hmm. public at his place of business. <laughs> <laughs> this is a different time. <laughs> right, 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 right. When his... um. PhD yeah, I know or whatever yeah. some is published. Yeah. I know what you're talking about on the library. The fifth floor, mm-hmm. back corner. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Just <laughs> Ross managing to maintain his job after public nudity and well, whatever. But not after being mental, apparently. So mental Geller. Um, so Donald is like, <laughs> people are saying that you're like refusing to like meet deadlines and you're angry and there's like foul language or whatever and he's like oh this is a misunderstanding i wrote this note because somebody stole my lunch shame shame i know your name good one i like that donald is like oh yeah funny enough i uh this is not okay a donald this is not the time to be admitting that it was you but i guess he thinks like if he admits it maybe he can like squash ross's bad behavior um, he should be ashamed of himself. Donald is like, oh, uh, that was, I, I believe I ate your sandwich. What a jerk. Yes, I know. And it's like, you okay, so you did see the note, Donald? He, yeah. You didn't just like, it's not like the note fell off and you were and like, you were well, like, it was unclaimed. Oh, I just thought I also it was extra. had a sandwich. Or like, yeah, this has been in here for weeks. Like, or, well, you know, days. Um, yeah, so he totally took the note off, left the note in the fridge, which, like, wouldn't you throw that away? But I guess whatever. Yeah, um, leave the evidence. Yeah, and so he's like, oh, I, I might have eaten that. And then he's like, well, you, there's still some in the trash. It was so big, I couldn't oh. finish it. And I was like, oh, Donald. <laughs> I know. So it's what ugh. I think Ross could have happened it. is here, <laughs> what should have happened is Donald should have been like, Hey, you're totally right. I'm so sorry. I was really, really hungry and I just wasn't thinking and I ate it. Let me take you out to lunch tomorrow. Because Ross was like mm-hmm. eating lunch at that moment. Let me take you out to lunch tomorrow. I'll make up for it. I'm so sorry. I won't do that again. That was that was my bad. That was my bad. Let me take you out to lunch though and we can chat about it. But I need you to stop with the like, you know, bullying other people to do your work. Okay. Okay, cool. Right? Yeah. I'd be like a great manager. Somebody hire me. Renee's workplace. Yeah, you do a great job. Also, I'm curious, like, is Ross bullying people or do people feel threatened so they're – because he was like, people are pushing back deadlines for me and offering to do this for me and that for me. So it's yeah, like, what's true. your first well, the chicken knowing Ross, People just think he's mental? He's probably milking it. You know, if probably. people are like – And he's oh, probably Ross, like puffing um, up and being like, yeah, this, you better. This, this paper's due by Friday, but don't worry about it if you don't have it done in time. He's probably like, yeah, I won't. You know, I don't know. This is all assumption. But anyway. Get your mitts off my like, paper. <laughs> um, and so so he instead, Donald is just backpedaling like an idiot. A spineless loser. Steals people's lunches. And mm-hmm. um, and Ross is like, this is when, you know, the, the my sandwich heard round the world my sandwich and so he walks into the coffee shop during the nude picture scene 
oh. eating cotton candy. And I love when he's like, Chandler, Monica. <laughs> I know. Hey, Chandler. Monica. It's like no amount of tranquilizers can take that brother-sister Exactly. It's like he reverts back to being away. like a 12-year-old. It's so funny. I love him in this scene so much. It is so funny. What's your favorite part? Just uh, either when he says on account of my rage, yeah, like very calmly, or when he's like, they offered me a tranquilizer. I thought it was a good idea. So I took it. <laughs> and then he shows the cotton candy in his mouth. It reminds me of John Lovitz, kind of. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. When he's high. So I took it. Yeah. And he's like <laughs> eating the gummy bears or whatever. Ah, say that. It's so funny. Um. So, yeah, so he's basically they um, – well, and I guess that is what Donald said when he's like, all these threatening notes, we want you to see a psychiatrist. And that's when Ross is like, oh, yeah. no, that was a mistake. But then he sli- Loses slides, his off, loving mind. Yeah, slides off his cracker um, at Donald and screams at him. And so he gets sent to the psychiatrist, a psychiatrist. Yeah. Gets put on a tranquilizer. And is having to take some time off work. And they're like, are you okay with this? And he's like, I don't know. But I don't care about my sandwich anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> so Q Ross is now on sabbatical and tranquilizers. And homeless. Yeah. And drugs. Yeah. You, it's a good point that you mentioned the homeless thing. Because I noticed um, his boxes are still all over the show at the guy's mm-hmm. apartment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the only thing I wanted to point out was when Phoebe writes the note for him and she like purses her face and like writes really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's the pencil on the, t- <laughs> she's so funny. She is. So um, funny. but yeah, Ross, I mean, talk about a rough patch and you know, I'm not saying it's all his fault, but this could have been avoided. And like you said, it's that thing that's like the straw that broke the camel's back. Like, you know, when somebody freaks out at you and you're like, okay, what's really going on? Like, what is this actually about? Um, Because I don't think it's what we're talking about. I think that you're having a hard time with something else. And this is just the thing that broke you today. I mean, I know I've done that plenty of times. Um, Oh, yeah. And I do hope, from from what I've seen, it does seem like people at work are understanding more so now that it's like you're a whole person. And, like, whatever's yeah. going on at work could potentially just be an unrelated extension of what's going – like, you know, there's other things. So yeah. I um, I appreciate now that, like, I know, like, work-life balance and wellness and all that type of stuff is, like, buzzwordy and whatever. But it does kind of seem like places are under- – some are exploiting it, I think. But a lot of places do seem to be understanding, like, you know what, we're all whole people, especially like with, with like working from home during COVID has been like good about being like, mm-hmm. you know what, you're a whole person. And so, yeah, the last thing you need to do right now is worry about this stupid meeting. Like you've got bigger things going on in your life. So, um, yeah, yeah, but Ross didn't do himself any favors here because it wasn't work that actually sent him over the edge. <laughs> I oh, think that would have been saying. like yeah. more understandable. He just freaked out on his boss. Yeah. Because he ate a sandwich. Yeah. You know. And there's like all of those um, other reports about him like with yeah. the erotic behavior. <laughs> it does not with the erotic behavior, apparently. Um, it does not bode well for Ross. No. And so yeah, I understand why they it's nice that they just ask him to take some time off. Yeah. That is you're right. Instead of being like, here is a um 
restraining order and you're restraining not allowed order. on the property anymore. So you're right. So Ross is now divorced, homeless, and temporarily, he's not jobless, but this doesn't bode well for his career probably. It's probably so, a good time to pick up karate again. Ooh. His, ooh. didn't he do like dance karate or something like that? Dance karate. Well, he was trying to cover up that he was saying he did dance, dance lessons. by karate. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, dance karate. graceful but deadly sport. Um, all right. Deadly sport. So look, that's been episode nine, the one with Ross's sandwich. Um, this all picks up, except for the... Wuthering Heights. We leave that here, thankfully. Everything else is following us into the next episode. Episode 10, the one with the inappropriate sister. Ooh. Classic. It'll be a good one. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.